Chapter Seven of Plow Stories by Claire D. Pearson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pioneer Lairds. It was in the very early spring of eighteen seventy that Stephen Laird, with his wife Rachel, his fifteen-year-old son Hugh, and his twelve-year-old daughter Mary, drove from Eastern Michigan to Kansas to settle there. Mister Laird had been a soldier in the Civil War and because of that he had been away from his family for nearly four years his wife had sold their farm and moved into town but when he came back he wanted to begin farming again at that time our government told the men who had fought in the northern army that they might earn western farms for themselves by living on them for a certain length of time long enough so that this added to that spent in the army would make five years mr laird decided to earn such a farm these farms were called soldiers claims they contained one hundred and sixty acres each and mr laird could earn his by living on it and raising crops on part of it for only a little over one year it meant going far away from all their old friends and it made them sad to do that yet it seemed the wise thing to do they had money enough left from the sale of their old farm to live on while raising their first crops on the new one hugh and mary were glad to go for they longed to see more of this beautiful great land which their father had fought to save they stood about watching him while he rigged their old farm wagon for the trip to kansas for they were to drive all the way camping at night beside the road first mr laird cut slender saplings of hickory to hold the canvas cover of the wagon in place hugh and mary peeled these for him and they looked very neat when the last bit of the bark had been removed mr laird fastened them to the sides of the wagon in such a way as to make a row of arches across it then mrs laird came from her kitchen to help him stretch the canvas over the arches and fasten it down at the sides at the front it was left open and the forward arch was slanted out in such a way as to make a projecting roof over the driver's seat the canvas flapped loosely beyond the back arch and mrs laird climbed into the wagon box to fix it she carried a very stout needle and some twine and gathered the canvas into such shape that there would be just room for the two children to look out of the small round opening which she left this window let a breeze blow through the wagon and yet it was so small that it could be easily covered in a storm now she said when she climbed down i will get all my kettles and skillets ready for the children to bring out and you shall pack the wagon to-night stephen then we can have an early breakfast at the home of our good neighbours and start soon after the sun rises the next morning mr laird harnessed the span of big grey horses to the wagon and they all started west their old friends and neighbours waving them good-bye and calling kindly messages after them they had sold all of their belongings which they could not carry in the wagon or hang below it 
under the driver's seat where mrs laird sat beside her husband was a trunk containing clothing for the family there also were a large box filled with cooked food and some bags of flour and potatoes behind the seat the wagon box was filled with hay and set in this were two chairs a small rocker of which mrs laird was fond and a quaint old armchair which had belonged to mr laird's father and his grandfather there were also grain bags containing bedding and more clothing at night when the bedding was taken out to use the bags stuffed partly full of clothing made very fine pillows for the family mrs laird and the children always slept in the wagon but mr laird lay on the ground either under or beside the wagon the horses were picketed out tied by long ropes to stakes at night and rover the brave shepherd dog lay between them and his master there was always a loaded gun within reach of mr laird when he slept and this was to protect them from horse thieves or wild beasts they soon began driving along the old chicago road which had been built where the indian trail had run between the trading posts of detroit and chicago the road passed through rich prairie land and mr laird looked at it longingly these are fine farms along here he said and the men who own them have good houses and barns already built our prairie will not look as this one does rachel never mind stephen answered his plucky wife we will make our kansas farm as good as these yet nothing can sadden me long now that i have you safe home from the war see children she added those little old log cabins back of many of the fine farmhouses you must remember that even these farmers had to start out poor as we are doing we shall enjoy a good house all the more when we get it if we have to live in a poor one first in such ways the many days passed which they spent upon the road at night they stopped by the wayside and hugh and mary gathered bits of wood from some forest for their campfire mrs laird managed to give them very good meals cooking in the iron kettles and skillets which hung below the wagon among the water buckets there they became so dusty that hugh always had to rinse them in some brook or lake before they could be used sometimes they stopped to buy things in towns through which they passed and there they heard the people speaking of their canvas-covered wagon as a prairie schooner more often they bought their supplies of the farmers wives and these kind-hearted women frequently added the gift of a loaf of bread to the eggs bacon milk or salt pork which they had sold all the lairds became tanned from wind and sunshine and hugh who took turns with his father and mother in driving also became quite a good shot it was only the fat meats which they had to buy for they caught fish and shot game from day to day at last they reached kansas the new territory which mr laird had helped to make a free state where black men and women should have as fair a chance to work for themselves as the white people had here there were fewer trees than in michigan and the level prairie stretched away as far as one could see 
all covered with spring wild flowers many of which were new to them when they reached the place where they were to settle they had to live in the wagon for a few days while mr laird attended to business in the nearest town to and from which he rode on the back of one of his horses the day that he finished his business there he drove his wagon after taking off its canvas cover and setting it up as a sort of tent that night he returned with a strange kind of plough in the wagon box mrs laird and the children came to look at it when it was unloaded and hugh did not approve of it look at its mould board and point he said see how flat and wide they are in front was that the only kind of plough you could get out here father it was the only kind i wanted to get out here mr laird replied this is a prairie plough it has to cut through and turn over sod that has never been disturbed look at the long and easy curve of the mould-board it is made so to turn the sod the plough must be kept very sharp and it needs an extremely strong team like our bob and joe to pull it oh said hugh i begin to understand this is made for a different sort of job from the ploughs we used in michigan i believe this is similar to the kind that my father used before i was born said mrs laird thoughtfully he came to michigan from new york state and had to break the old old sod to plant his crops he used to tell me about it when i was a little girl but by that time he could use the kind of plough which hugh and mary knew well said mr laird we must have supper now and get to bed for we have to start early in the morning i want to plough up a whole house for you to-morrow when morning came the ploughing began hugh followed behind his father with a hatchet chopping out good square cornered strips of sod which had been first marked off and cut by the jointer then lifted by the share and then turned over by the mould-board mary followed hugh and piled these in neat little stacks beside the furrows at noon after they had eaten their dinner of prairie chicken and potatoes with a surprise in the shape of boiled greens everybody set to work to begin the building of a sod house their first home was to stand beside a pretty little creek which flowed through their land there were cottonwood trees growing beside it and mrs laird had chosen a spot where the land was a bit higher than the rest see stephen she said we shall have shade in the summer heat i shall have water near by for my cooking and washing and the gentle slope of the land will carry rain away from the house and i added hugh can sit on the bank and fish and throw my catch right into the kitchen please don't throw them into the frying-pan until you have cleaned them said mrs laird then they all laughed heartily and set to work piling walls of sod stakes showed where the corners were to be and also where openings were to be left for a door and a window the sods were laid in the same way the bricks or hewn stone would be so that each layer of them showed whole sods covering the breaks in the layer below it will be very small exclaimed mary why mother the whole house won't be any bigger than our kitchen was in michigan it will be large enough for a stove a table 
and some ticks filled with straw on which we can sleep said mrs laird on pleasant days all but i will be busy in the fields and we can eat outside the kitchen door when it rains we will pile the ticks on top of each other and bring in the chairs oh we shall manage hurrah for mother cried mr laird driving up with another load of sod she has the real pioneer spirit hurrah for father cried mrs laird he was a brave soldier and now he is a brave pioneer hurrah for everybody cried hugh mary and i are rather brave ourselves before it was dark the sod walls at one end were fairly high and the canvas from the wagon had been stretched over the top as far as it would go i have left you a skylight said mr laird it is not every family that can have a skylight in its kitchen parlor you mean said mrs laird bedroom you mean cried hugh dining-room you mean added mary enjoy it all you can said mr laird i'll have just a plain roof on here before long and after our crops are planted we will build another room and a stable for the team a little later they were all stretched out on their straw ticks tired very very tired but feeling that they had a home at last after their long journey hugh murmured something when he was half asleep which only his father and his mother heard queer land he was saying get the right kind of plough and you can turn up most anything even houses the boy speaks the truth even if he is dreaming said his father gravely everything we have comes first or last from the soil and the plough is the most important invention that we have the only one without which we could not live now End of chapter seven